with another episode of actually not another episode of perspective we're actually done with perspective we were done with perspective yesterday actually i was kind of playing with the name all week and that's kind of why i haven't been doing any episodes i mean besides just me procrastinating and just not doing anything i've been kind of playing with the name a little bit i just perspective seemed a little gimmicky to me i mean send me a I mean comment send me a comment or like you no know, message me if you think i should keep the name perspective or just stay with what i got right now but the caleb jackson so the caleb jackson show just kind of sounded kind of sounded a little more a little more me i guess perspective just seemed too too gimmicky just as me personally so that's why i just changed the name to the caleb jackson show so welcome to the caleb jackson show okay now stop saying the caleb jackson show over and over because it get annoying but First of all, I want to say I am glad school is over for the well for the semester so far. At this point, I don't know when I'm graduating. Um, just know it'll be eventually. Um, COVID nineteen still going on. You know, same old stuff. You know, hopefully you're out there social distancing, washing your hands, maintaining clean hygiene, maintaining your six feet. And some of y'all need that clean hygiene, y'all nasty asses. So, with that being said, we will get into this this topic for tonight if you've been listening or if you're just not listening um i'm kind of on a i say a deep water kind of um kind of trend right now when i say deep water i mean like issues that are uh really 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 touchy subjects um just uh, just within the country not even within just america but uh subjects that people are really opinionated on and uh often like not go to war but uh, a lot of people butt heads or even lose friendships over these opinions and you really shouldn't lose friendships over opinions i mean everybody has different views and on everything but that's just what makes us it should make us a good society but sadly it doesn't so like i said like i always say uh, i'm available on spotify and apple music as well um, I'll post the link to I'll post a link to both of them on Snapchat, and then they'll be on Twitter. I'll, I'll post a link to uh, excuse me. I'll post a link to Spotify on my Twitter, and I'll post the link and the link to Apple Music is in my bio. So my Twitter is at underscore Caleb Jackson underscore. And if you want to leave any comments or reviews, any comments or reviews would be left in the Apple Music part because that's where everything. They they have they have the review section on there. Spotify doesn't have a review section, or you can message me if you if you went through Snapchat, or you can DM me if you go through Twitter, or leave comments or like reviews about the topic underneath the 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 tweet I send out. So, with that being said, we will get into this very opinionated, very hard, well not harsh, but uh, a very uh, what's the word? Not differential, but uh. It's very um, sensitive topic. We'll say that. We'll say that. So this topic, of course, as you see by the title, pro-life and pro-choice. Now, other than race, money, and party or economic or um, political affiliations, I feel like abortion is like right under there with everything as like a dividing issue amongst Americans because it's it's one of those things where um, 
there's science versus religion. Well, science and religion, people use both to, but not only combat, but um, also, yeah, well, yeah, combat, but to combat the other side when they're talking about these kinds of issues. So with that being said, we'll just get right into it. So my personal opinion on the whole pro-life, pro-choice thing, I'm pro-choice, honestly, and I want to I think this is where the, mis- the main misconception is, is that people may mistake, I'm not saying everybody, but I think people who are pro-life may mistake people who are pro-choice for being pro-abortion, which which I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm, Me personally, I'm just speaking for Caleb Jackson here, I would not encourage anybody to get an abortion. I mean, it wouldn't be the route I would encourage anybody to take or like actively push somebody towards taking but i am pro-choice being that you know you have the choice to do with your body some might some people might call it the fetus's body but you know what it's your decision it has nothing to do with me you know if a lady in new york has an abortion that does not directly affect me at all if it was somebody i know or somebody close to me, or even if it was my child, or my um, unborn, what I say, child fetus. If it's if it's an unborn baby caused by me, I I still wouldn't advocate for an abortion. But like as like I said, at the same time, it's it's the decision. It's the woman's decision. You know, and I think one thing that doesn't really get talked about is um, you know, women just don't want to have babies. Well. You know, women get pregnant and don't want to have the baby. One thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is um, partum and postpartum. Oh, it's partum? Yeah, I think that's the word. But uh, pros- like pregnancy and post-pregnancy depression, which are two very, very real things. You know, I've had uh, women uh, or moms who even who've had heart to heart with me. Don't know how this happened, but um, they've even said that you know there was a time where. They were depressed and felt like they didn't want to have their well they didn't want their child even after the child was born you know and it's just kind of one of those things it's just like a all these different chemicals and unbalances and imbalances going on that you know you can't really explain or the people can't even really explain why you know it's just a thing they go through so that's where i kind of stand on it you know it's not really my uh it's not really my decision for someone else to do what they want you know what i mean and well, pro life is more of a right wing, and I, I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm anti right wing. I mean I I don't agree with a lot of stuff the right wingers well right wing people say, but um, I'm always open to like I said I'm always open to discussion, always open to other people's opinions because like I said that's what should make us a great society. But like I've heard I've heard arguments where people say well does the mom have does the mom technically have ten fingers? Well no, and well does the mom have two hearts? Well, no. Okay, so it's not her body, so she can't do what she wants. And you know, it's kind of like, mm, okay. And then I'll combat. I'll combat it with something like, well, is the baby nine months when it's born? Nine months old when it's born? No, it's a day old. So, like I said, you can go back and forth. It's one of those things you can go back and forth on all the time. But you know, who's to say who's right or wrong? So. And like I said, it's you can the thing is legality of it, you know. And we'll get into the legality of it with Roe v. Wade and everything. Like, in a, a lot of to a lot of people, it's you know morally wrong or it's immoral to have an abortion. But like I said, you know, but like I said with legality, it's also some people might find it 
morally wrong to drink alcohol you know what i mean but they're not out here saying oh you no know, people alcohol shouldn't be legal you know what i mean because it's really not their choice it's somebody else's choice of what they want to do and i i know i don't know if anybody else has seen it but you if you saw that lady out there with a sign saying my body my choice when it came to uh the pandemic uh covid19 stay at home more than the pandemic I just had to roll my eyes like that. Like, now you're just kind of mocking the other side when it really is, you know, it's an issue that they take seriously. And you don't because it's not necessarily an issue that affects you. Which, is like, like I said, doesn't affect anybody else except, you know, the person having the abortion. So, but to start off, I guess we'll go into, um, go into the kind of history of it with, um, Planned Parenthood and where it started and everything and how the women's um, health care and women's rights um, went, um, advocation started. So you got to go back all the way to 19, I believe 1916. This is according to the National Women's History Museum I have pulled up right here. So the first Planned, Parent, Planned Parenthood was started, was founded, was helped founded uh, Margaret Sanger, okay? Margaret Sanger helped found the first Planned Parenthood in Brooklyn, New York. And so 1916 is actually when she opened the first birth control clinic, but she was arrested a week later and spent 30 days in jail because according to what it says here on womenshistory.org, it says here that the courts ruled that only physicians could prescribe contraceptives to women for medical reasons, which Sanger then had used as a loophole in 1923 that's I said 1922. I'm sorry, but 1923. It says here uh, she founded oh, she founded and opened a clinic in 1923 by female doctors and social workers, which later became Planned Parenthood. So that's when Planned Parenthood first started, and Margaret Sanger has a very um, controversial um, legacy. I want to say because while she was advocating for you no know, birth control rights. Um, for women, uh, she she was also a part of the eugenics movement. If you don't know what eugenics is, eugenics is it it's a movement that sought out, that seeks out to um, breed out or undesirable populations, such as um, um, well, basically like I said, it could be race, um, you know, disability wise, um, anything that is deemed an undesirable person which is just i don't agree with that at all but um she sanger said she believed according to the women's organization women's history organization sanger believed that it was more of a with birth defects and um she disagreed it says that she disagreed with the racial and class focus of the eugenics movement but also her association of being associated with eugenics and thinking of other human beings with you know some kind of disability or birth defect as less so that was kind of what tarnished her reputation and that's what a lot of i see a lot of um right-wing argue arguments or, or right-wing arguers using um margaret singer and the original founding of planned parenthood as a um as a tool against the pro-choice uh movement because of uh potentially racial divide and uh the eugenics divide so that was 1923 and then i think it's a birth can ooh, excuse me so 1937 or 36 excuse me 1936 is when the courts made it legal for doctors to pres then prescribe birth control so 
it's been now, yeah, I mean, it's 2020, so almost 100 years now. So, like I said, birth control was going on. This, this started, like I said, it started over 100 years ago. And now we get into uh, the legality part of it um, with Roe v. Wade. So, if anyone doesn't know about Roe v. Wade, well, I mean, I'm going to tell you. Uh, so, Jane Roe, which is actually a fake name, fictional name to you know cover up the identity of the uh not cover up but uh protect the identity of the um of the plaintiff was filed a lot final lawsuit against henry wade and district attorney who was the district attorney of dallas county texas and this is according to oyes.org for no site my sources don't get sued so she resided in dallas texas you know, she was t- challenging a law that made abortion illegal except by a doctor's order to save, to explicitly save a woman's life. And so her argument was that it was unconstitutionally vague and unconstitutionally vague and abridged her right of personal privacy protected by not on, by the first, fourth, fifth, ninth, and 14th amendments. So the question that came to mind when the, in the Supreme Court decision was that does the Constitution recognize a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy by abortion? And so the conclusion was actually a 7-2 to two decision. And the Supreme Court back then, let me look this up to see, because a lot of people use um, party affiliation with these kinds of things. Um, 1973 Supreme Court um, was mainly dominated by I want to say Democrats because at the time uh, I actually cannot find it right here excuse me sorry about that but just know the Supreme Court found it found in favor of Jane Roe I said Jane Roe yes so it said the 14th amendment is a Inherit well the right to due process of clause, due process clause. Excuse me, due process clause in the Fourteenth Amendment is a fundamental right to privacy, which protects a, a pregnant woman's choice whether or not to have an abortion. And so, this right is also balanced against the government's interest in protecting women's health and protecting the potentiality of human life. And so, that is what the law in Texas was. Um, was violating as well so so state law that broadly prohibit it says here state law that broadly prohibits abortion without respect to the stage of pregnancy or other interests violates that right although the state has legitimate interest in protecting the health of pregnant women and potential and the potentiality of human life the relative weight of these interests varies over the course of pregnancy and the law must account for this variability so in the end the final decision was that in the first trimester of pregnancy, the state may not regulate the abortion decision. Only the pregnant women, the pregnant woman, and her attending physician can make that decision. In the second trimester, the state may impose regulations on abortion that are reasonably related to maternal health. In the third trimester, once the fetus reaches the point of viability, a state may regulate abortions or prohibit them entirely, so long as the laws contain exceptions for cases when abortion is necessary to save the life or health of the mother. So, and that's a that's another topic of uh, abortions need being needed, you know, for medical reasons, um, which is a lot of people don't talk about as well. 
Um, but not only that, uh, a big one for me personally is um, cases of uh, either rape or incest. More rape and sexual assault because uh, I just personally believe that if a woman gets raped and impregnated by a man and she's forced to then carry out that pregnancy, I just I find that very wrong. In a lot of in a lot of instances, uh, you know, the rapist goes off, walks off scot free. I even heard a. I just heard, never read about it. Don't quote me on this at all. But I heard a story of um, a woman was uh, trying to have an abortion. Or she had a baby after she was raped. And they were in court fighting because the man wanted custody of the baby. I'm like, wait a minute. Why aren't they fighting? <laughs> and it seems so. It, well, I'm like, why aren't they fighting over, you know, the, the crime, the first crime? Or not no crime at all, but the actual crime committed. But he actually wants custody of the child, which is, it's, it's blasphemous to me, honestly. Yeah, I'm using big words. Blasphemous. So, let me give y'all some, I guess I'll start off with, uh, might start off but just uh, i'll lead into some actual statistics on the whole thing so total number of abortions that have been well not i won't count in last year but it doesn't show right here so from 1973 to 2018 there were 61.8 million or a little over somewhere in that region abortions 61.8 million abortions and so that that comes out to 186 186 abortions per a thousand live births, and this is from all or AmericanLifeLeague.org. Um, let's see. So, and a lot of people blame uh, the whole Planned Parenthood mantra, or the Planned Parent that saying that Planned Parenthood, you know, all they do is abortions, which is farther from the truth. And right here on Planned Parenthood, I can tell you, Planned Parenthood, yes, they offer abortion, but they also offer birth control, cancer screenings, emergency comp- contraception, excuse me, gender identity, help help with gender identity, health and wellness, pregnancy, sexual relationships, sexual orientation, and sexually transmitted diseases. Because a lot of people need help with that. So, so Planned Parenthood's income. So actually from non-government clinic income, they made, this is 2019, 2019 fiscal year, around $370 million. Donations to Planned Parenthood was somewhere around roughly $591 million. And Planned Parenthood government and grant reimbursements were well, $617 million. And so they made a total profit of $110.5 million and a total income of almost $2 billion that's a lot so now the number of abortions in the 2018-2019 were medically medical and surgical were 345,672 and there is a total of there was actually a total of 1800 adoption referrals so that puts the ratio at 1 per 174 of adoption referrals to abortions and so, in the annual survey, there were a total number of 587 Planned Parenthood clinics throughout the United States. And the total number of Planned Parenthood clinics that performed surgical and medical abortions was actually at 375. And so, actually the highest number of Planned Parenthood clinics in all of U.S. history was in 1995 when there were 938 throughout the U.S. So, now... Race plays a lot. I'll get into race here in a second. They have statistics on everything. Like I said, this is all 
all.org or AmericanLifeLeague.org if you want to go look at these statistics as well. And I encourage you to, please. Um, so U.S. total females age 15 to 44. So whites made up, it says whites on here. Whites 58.3%, blacks 14.2%, Hispanic or Latino 19%, and other 8.5%. So U.S. women who obtained abortions in 2016, this uh, it's 2020 and 2016 right here. But so white was white women, 35 percent; black women, 38 percent; Hispanic women, 18.8 percent; and other was 8.2 percent. So and that kind of goes back to um, the whole argument against Margaret Sanger and what she was pre well her eugenics movement necessarily or the first you know birth control movement as well is that she wanted to kind of take the burden off of poor income lower income families you know or um i know she went to a lot of immigrants it said here on uh on the national women's um national women organization.org that she actually visited homes of immigrants who had um who had a lot of children and women whose uh, health was compromised by, um, well, not compromised, but um, degraded, I guess, for lack of a better word, I guess. Or I say compromised for, I'll leave it compromised. But uh, health was rather compromised because of so many children, you know, and a lot of mouths to feed and, you know, not a lot of money to, you know, help these, you know, uh, take care of the kids, so to speak. So, and then you hear, I've heard, I've heard some right wingers say, uh, now I want to say right wingers just to put everybody in that. But I've heard a lot. Of, I heard somebody say like, well, you know, people who have low incomes shouldn't be having kids. It, that's okay. That's just, you know, the government's not going to stop anybody from having kids, and the government's definitely not going to stop anybody from having raw unprotected sex. So there's kind of, I said, there's a gray area, you know, where a lot of people. I think a lot of people are at on this kind of subject so according to the Guttmacher Guttmacher G-U-T-T-M-A-C-H-E-R according to the Guttmacher Institute in September 2019 so it says here they have a lot of statistics as well so 18% of pregnancies including miscarriages excuse me excluding miscarriages ended in in 2017 ended in abortion so 18% so it says here approximately 862,320 abortions were performed in 2017, which is actually down 7% from the 926,190 in 2014. So, the abortion rate in 2017 was 3.5 abortions per thousand women, and down 8% from, which is actually down 8% from 14.6 per 1,000 in 2014. And so, this actually. Nowadays, the lowest rate um, abortions have ever has ever been actually, and it's at uh, the rate nowadays. Well, back in twenty seventeen, a little after twenty seventeen, going into twenty eighteen, it was somewhere around thirteen point five percent, as opposed to the year abortion became became legal in nineteen seventy three, when it started off at sixteen point three percent, and reached a peak in nineteen eighty one at twenty nine, almost thirty percent. So. Yeah, it's kind of a thing like we've actually come a long way, and maybe these are you no know, statistics that people kind of overlook in some in some cases, but 
you know, something to think about as well. Like I said, this is off the Guttmacher, like I said, Guttmacher, I don't know how to say this, Guttmacher.org, like I said, G-U-T-T-M-A-C-H-E-R. Um, so adolescents made up 12% of abortion patients in 2014, and those aged 18 and 19 accounted for 8% of all abortions. 15 to 17-year-olds were 3%, and those younger than 15 were 0.2%. So... This is all in 2017. Uh, white patients accounted for 39% of abortion procedures in 2014. Black patients for 28%. Like I said, there's a bunch of, bunch of different statistics you can read on the thing. You can read on all of this. And uh, I guess I'm not going to get into all of the statistics and everything. You know, I kind of want y'all to go look or kind of do the research for yourself and kind of form your own Like I said, don't form your own opinion. Um... Like I said, this is my own opinion. I mean, if you agree with me, that's great. Tell me. If you don't agree with me, that's great. Tell me. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'll go either way. You know, let's say everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and so I'll, I'll just leave that at that. And, you know, I'll eventually have people co-hosting on here, so we can even debate this. So back to what I said about my personal beliefs. If you believe that uh, it's morally wrong, I say, you know what? Don't have an abortion. Okay, that simple. Um, but also believe that it's just something that's really, really personal. Like I said, don't, let's not discredit the decision being made because for a lot of people, this is actually a really, really hard decision. I mean, you know, it's not like people are just going in there, you know, having a protective sex, getting pregnant. And, oh, I got pregnant. Let me have an abortion. You know, it's not always that simple. And of course, we always, a lot of people say like, oh, you can look to adoption. You Like there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other um, options as well, of course. But even in the adoption option, you know, there are already so many kids in the social and the foster homes and foster home system is pretty broken. It's pretty bad right now. And, you know, not not many people really want to fix it. And uh, I feel like when people say, oh, just give it up for adoption, it's kind of just kind of a scapegoat for actually having to go through the pre- through the pregnancy. Scapegoat for people on the pro-life side, you know, like I said, pro- people who are pro-life, I understand where you're coming from. You know, but I'm kind of on the side of, you know, it's not really anybody else's business, you know, what happens. And, like, it's like, what's next? Like, you're going to, you're going to outlaw abortions and, you know, what's next? You're going to lock women who smoke or drink while they're pregnant. You're going to lock them up for child abuse or child neglect, you know? So, just kind of think about stuff like that. I mean, some people will say yes, you know? I mean, (laughs) it's their opinion, but... I think you got to kind of meet in the gray area, I guess, which I believe being pro-choice is the middle ground. You know what I mean? Because it's not saying have an abortion. You're saying you have the choice to have an abortion, you know. But all like I said, you know, I'm all y'all should know. Or if you don't know, now, you know, I'm all about education, you know, uh, even though I don't like school. Uh, but education as in like just educating people on, you know, the different options they have or even improving the foster care system we have today. Or, uh, or in the adoption system we have today, you know. And so maybe just giving more information out about this kind of stuff and not necessarily um, downgrading the if, or not de- downgrading or degrading the information from Planned Parenthood or people on the pro-choice side. And people on the pro-choice side don't, you know, downgrade, don't automatically judge people on the pro-life side, you know, because they're coming from a, a side of their morals. Even if you don't disagree, if you, even if you do disagree with them, which a lot of them I do, 
you gotta think about it from their point of view. But like I said, like I've been saying throughout this whole entire episode right here, people on the pro-life side, you gotta keep in mind what the people on the pro-choice side are going through. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a thing where you gotta put yourself in each other's shoes. And I feel like that's actually a big problem in the country nowadays. And I'll, I'll be saying this a lot over the next few episodes and probably just throughout all the episodes that, you know, just the lack of empathy, I guess, for one another, you know, not really wanting to know what other people are going through. So, yeah. So that's the pro-life, pro-choice argument in my eyes. Um, like I said, please, if you have any comments, any reviews about this uh, topic, Either, like I said, message me on Snapchat, um, leave it under my con- leave it under, in the comment section on Twitter. Underneath the, um, I'll post a link to Spotify, and then I also put that the link to uh, Apple uh, Podcasts will be in my bio. I post both links on Snapchat, Instagram, everything. Like I said, message me, leave it under there, or go on Apple Podcasts and leave your review under there give me five stars four stars tell me how i'm doing you know but also like i said voice your opinion because that's what this is all about just voicing your opinion and having a conversation so i will talk to y'all again sometime soon with another hot topic and y'all will hear from me then all right